Welcome to the Clobbercast, proudly presented to you from Clobbercom, all the way from Sheffield, England. Ben, Glenn, take it away. Hey guys, uh, Glenn here from the Clobbercast, um, introducing this week's podcast for you. And I'm here on my own because Ben ditched me this week. Uh, Ben's been on with Bezad from Naked and Famous uh, on Bezad's Naked and Famous podcast. Um, so what I wanted to do is put it out um, as part of the Clobbercasts uh, and share this with you now. So um, rather than listening to me this week, uh, you have Ben and Bezad. Over to you guys. Hey everybody, Bezad back again with another podcast. And today I've got Ben from Clobbercom. A lot of you guys have been asking for this one. Uh, you know... I. I, I, oddly enough, I wasn't aware of, of your podcast and, okay. uh, <laughs> you know, I, I would post my podcast up and people were like, oh, you got to talk to Ben. You got to talk to Ben. You got to talk to Ben. So here I am talking to you, Ben. Uh, nice so to meet you. Welcome to the podcast. And for everybody, for, well, for those uh, people out there who don't know who you are, why don't you give us the quick introduction? Yeah, no worries. My name's Ben uh, from Yorkshire in England. And I have a denim store called Clobbercam. All right. Well, that's that, that's very that is a very quick intro. Uh, so, <laughs> so, well, maybe you could uh, give us a little bit more backstory on the shop. Yeah. Like, how, how did how did uh, Clobbercam come to be? How did you find yourself in the denim industry? Well, I'll tell you what happened. Were uh, around early for the last ten years, I've worked in vintage clothing. So there is a very big uh, vintage clothing warehouse uh, near where I live, which is also in Yorkshire. And I was a sales manager for those guys for a number of years. Uh, So I've always had a big interest in clothing. It was just vintage clothing. Now, in that sort of industry, clothing comes and goes very fast. So big deliveries were coming to a warehouse. They would get graded and sold straight out to shops. And what was happening was... I was finding a lot of nice items, a lot of pieces of clothing that I'd see and I'd, you know, I'd, I'd want to look at and, and feel and hold, and then a day later, they're gone. Uh, so I started up an Instagram account in 2015 simply to take pictures just so I had my own sort of record of, of all this beautiful denim and clothing that were coming through. Uh, and then that started to gather momentum uh, over the space of maybe a year, 18 months. I mean, I was very novice to the whole Instagram world and the whole self-promotion social media thing that right. exists these days. Uh, I was going to say, you're pretty good at it, though. You, you, you're kind of <laughs> everywhere, so uh, you're a quick learner. It, uh, <laughs> yeah, and, it, uh, and so what would happen is I would be posting my pictures people started following and it's like, oh, hang on a minute, this is actually a, a thing. This this just doesn't have to be just for me. Uh, this is, you know, people are interested in, in what I'm seeing. Uh, so no, nothing to do with me personally, rather the garments <laughs> that, that I had access to at the time working at the vintage warehouse. Uh, over time, I started to notice brands. Uh, my By default, my posts ended up being a lot of denim. I've always really liked things that wear like we all do, stuff that looks better with age. It's always been a thing for me. And so by default, a lot of my Instagram posts would become vintage denim garments. And then that led on to me noticing people mentioning selvage a lot, people mentioning raw denim a lot, which then leads on to me noticing the brands like yourself, or it could be a Rogue Territory, or it could be a Teleson. Uh, And slowly but surely, I started to buy into that world, uh, not leaving the vintage world behind. I still absolutely love it, and we do stock old workwear garments in store, and, and we love selling them. But as I got more into the raw denim side and the the new denim garments, that's not very common in the UK. So then the profile started to build a lot more because there weren't very many people doing it, and as the momentum got going, uh, <clears throat> you know, I started to get more followers and that's when I decided to turn it into a blog. Uh, and 
a really funny story. My uh, wife was watching a program that we have here in the UK called Gogglebox, which is basically it's people watching the telly and then somebody films them watching the telly and then that's on the telly. Oh, it's Inception. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is Inception. And, uh, and all of a sudden it dawned on me that I wanted to write this blog, but I didn't want it to be about me. So I decided to blog denim bloggers. Interesting. So I would then speak to them about their blogging. Uh, and then that's when it started to blow up and opportunities started to come my way till eventually I either stopped doing clobber cam and was just, you know, a vintage salesman or I took the plunge and here I am. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's really a great journey and you know, I always enjoy hearing how people kind of came into this industry and it, it it's like la was it last week? Yeah, it was well uh, two weeks ago. I was talking to uh, Julie from Maple Street Denim and very, very similar uh, story. You know, she started, uh, uh, you know, in, in the vintage rag trade, as it were. Yeah. And yeah. then, you know, this idea of like raw denim, salvage denim kind of entered, you know, the sphere <laughs> as like a new vintage gene. Like you yeah. because you can't get a new. Well, you can if you want to pay a lot of money. Yeah. But you can't get a new vintage gene. So this is a way no. to get a new vintage gene without, you know, destroying and, and, your bank. And it's, it's, it's funny because they, uh, <clears throat> let's face it, we take pride in wearing them in ourselves. So I remember when I got my first pair of uh, raw jeans and I was speaking to the boss of the company. And he was like, so, okay, so you're not wearing your vintage jeans anymore. He's like, you know, you've got these new, these rows on. He's like, you know, why? What, what's happened? And I said, yeah, but I get to wear them in. They're going to fade out. They're going to da da da. You know, like this is all. And he just looked at me and he walked over to a pile of about a thousand pair of leaves and went, so you want them to look like this? And I'm like, well, yeah, but it's, the, the fun's doing it yourself. Right. I want them to be mine. I don't want to yeah. wear somebody else's jeans. And you know, that so, was it. Right. I mean, sometimes we do. You know, I do personally also enjoy vintage jeans. And uh, actually, right before this call, I was, uh, I was w like, we're opening our store in New York, uh, well, probably next week. And we have a, a we're, in our showroom, we had something called the Wall of Fade. And it was just this wall of faded jeans. And we're yeah. doing the same thing in New York. So I actually had to pack up the wall here. So I was yeah. just packing up, like, you know, 10 years of worn-in jeans from, you know, that, that we've collected from all of our customers. And uh, I was just shipping that. And I'm just looking at all these great, beautiful fades and... You know, people sometimes ask me, like, you should sell those. I'm like, I, I, but I, it, it I the priceless, right? I suppose there's some market for it, but like, I kind of want you to do it yourself, you know? So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. No, I, uh, I agree. I don't, I don't think you can really put a price on. It's like, what are they actually worth? They're worth more. They're not well. They're priceless. There'd be no point. They look better on a wall than what they would anywhere else when they get to that stage. Right. So. Uh, like speaking of vintage, I, I, I find that maybe tell me if I'm wrong, that the raw denim scene in general in Europe, in the UK, tends to really gravitate around heritage and vintage styling. Now, why do you, why do you think that is if it's true or maybe give me your opinion or of, of like the raw denim scene in, in general? Mm. Well, I think what it is, it's it's basically a, a step by step process as 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 what's happened because vintage clothing is really popular in the UK. So a lot of vintage denim, you know, sort of fifteen twenty years ago was very heritagey, you know, and that's what that's what you bought in vintage shops and that's what people wore. Uh, the raw denim scene practically non-existent. Then when a few shops, not many, maybe only a couple that have actually survived and are still there today became specialized denim stores, a lot of the product that was bought in is almost made to replicate the vintage version that was in the shops. Right. But it's a new version, which is what we were just saying. Uh, and that's still very much the case, uh, which is why I think we do okay, because I'm as much as I love to look at it and as much as I appreciate it, 
I'm not really a heritage guy. Right. I want I want a fade out denim that looks slick and looks nice and looks smart and Modern. and 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 yeah. So you can go to the pub on a Saturday night and not look like you're in fancy dress, basically. You know, like it's uh, especially up here in North, we're all mining towns, so everybody's spit and sawdust as right. they say you know you know i mean there's no posh people <laughs> around here so you don't want to go out looking dressed up you want to go out looking smart looking nice and uh so yeah so and so i do think it was very heritage but i think there's a few people like myself that are really pushing the scene that don't particularly follow, follow the heritage trend so i do think it is slowly changing it right. is slowly changing that's interesting. Like, you know, I, I, like like yourself. I mean, I appreciate, you know, the look and the vibe. But sometimes, and you know, don't get me wrong. Sometimes it's fun to wear like that kind of stuff, and I do. Uh, but sometimes I see. Man, the, the, now this isn't uh, you know a comment about the entire community. But sometimes you'll see that guy who looks like he's in like you know. Uh, raw denim cosplay or something he's just like (laughs) it's kind of funny and I'm like you know mind you like when I see a lot of raw denim people I'm you know maybe I'm at a trade show so I'm and and that's kind of I also find trade shows to be part cosplay because people pull out the craziest outfits and you know obviously they want to get snapped or something and I always find it amusing I'm like I don't think you wear that like, yeah. <laughs> on a normal day, you know, cause you know, so some of the shows we do a lot of like very fashion shows that we see a lot of different types of brands around us. And yeah, um, yeah sometimes the outfits are really fun. And that, I'm not just talking about denim people either. I'd like, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I've seen guys wearing like Thai kickboxing shorts matched with like dress shoes and a, and a button up blazer. And I'm like, where are you going? It's really odd. Are you going yeah, to the yeah. office and then directly to the like kickboxing gym? Look at me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's very, what it is. Yeah. Very funny. Very much. Well, we, you know, it's uh, yeah, it's it it is like that, and and I appreciate you know the vintage side of it and people that like to get dressed up, but I you know I do think it is changing. I think it's becoming more acceptable. I don't think the the whole raw denim thing doesn't make sense to a lot of people right. in the UK yet. We're educating them, you know, every day. Right. I, I think in general, what I what I like about the raw denim scene is that it isn't just like a, a heritage scene. You know, you have definitely like high fashion people wearing like dark, clean jeans. You've got streetwear mm. guys. So. I think if you're if you're if your position like if your brand isn't positioned as like strictly you know we're all only about you know heritage vintage then mm. you know you kind of walk a lot of different lines and you know at the end of the day yeah. they're just jeans you wear them however the heck you wear, you want to wear them so uh, yeah exactly yeah exactly it's uh, it's I, it's funny because there's so much stuff on the internet that people come into the shop and they're almost confused about raw denim because they've read that much and you have to sort of like stand back and go it is just a pair of jeans though <laughs> right it's a nicer pair of jeans and it will last longer and it will look better but it is just a fucking pair of jeans yeah, some, <laughs> people <know>? so, take, <laughs> some people take the rules way too rules and i put that in quotes way too seriously yeah. and uh well they're gonna stretch out uh you know 1.25 inches and i'm like maybe not really like you don't know like don't like people play that weird game of sizing like i'm gonna wear them just small enough that they're gonna stretch out exactly i'm like it's not science man yeah (laughs) it depends how many times you sit down and stand up for a start if you know on how much stuff stretches but how much you wash them or you don't wash them anyways it's it is just a pair of jeans it is fancy pair of jeans but yeah and a nice pair a well-made pair and they do look better when you've wore them in and i think that's uh i think well i notice especially with the customers in clobbercam that the wearing in process is the most important process to them and i i actually i i actually think it's you know we are getting too off the beaten track i actually think it's like a psychological thing do you know like i feel like uh 
your clothing's your closest habitat. Right. There's nothing closer to your soul and your mind than the clothes that you're wearing. And I think the when it comes to raw denim and well-made products that last long and can take a beating, it's almost like a protection. It's like armor. Yeah. You, you yeah, know, absolutely. And, 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 and as and as the wearing in and as the fading, it's almost it's like you sh- you, it's like therapeutic. It's like you're shredding your bad day. As um, as that as that as that ink bleeds, yeah. you know. Or, or like rather, your your like I feel like it's like your persona is kind of coming through. Like my life yeah. is coming through, in the in the fades. Exactly, right. that's it. And it's uh, you know, I I mean I can only speak from my point of view, but I've been into that sort of thing for so long. So when I was nine years old, for example, I used to buy football trainers like you do with studs, you know, and and. Uh, like I used to take pride in wearing the grips out. So every day I'd go home and turn my trainer over and see how much I'd wore my grips out. And if I could get through to my socks, it was like ultimate achievement. Oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> not, not an experience I shared. Was that a common thing uh, over there? No, I think no, I'm just a bit weird. Just you. All right. <laughs> well, well, speaking of like your, your person, like your care, I mean, of your shoes, like how do you care or like how do you recommend people care for their jeans? Uh, I, the first thing I say, re- re- referring back to what we just said five minutes ago, is I tell them not to worry about it too much. So I'll, they'll always say, oh, well, you can't wash them. Uh, I read this thing and it said six months, but I saw this guy and he went 18 months. And I just say, look, there's a few different ways you can wash them. You can soak them in a bath in lukewarm water if you want for half an hour. I don't overcomplicate it. Put a bit of detergent in if you want and let them hang dry. Or I will say to them, and I do this with my jeans a lot of the time, is I'll take the spin off my washing machine, I'll put it on a 20 degree and just let it, let them go back back and forth for half an hour. And then again, I just let them hang dry. I don't, uh, I did try a sea wash once in Ibiza over here in uh, Europe and that was just completely embarrassing. I, uh, <laughs> everybody watched me walk in and then they continued to watch me, to, to watch me come back out. And so I was just sort of in there thinking, oh, I wish I'd not bothered with this. <laughs> so I, I just uh, soak them if you can be bothered. Otherwise, chuck them in the washing machine on a 20. And, you know, I like to do mine every couple of months just to keep it fresh and prevent sort of like brittle fibers and, you know, all salt and crap ruining your denim really you know i think it's you know it's nice to freshen them every couple of months right i mean and they you know it, it they do feel i mean i after uh you know you've worn them for a while and you you've washed them you touch them you're like you you do definitely notice that that texture change uh right away. Yeah. They, they feel clean um, yeah <laughs> so, so it's uh yeah it's fun it's funny you mentioned the ocean wash because i've i also did the same thing and uh I think I think I was in Huntington Beach, in California, and uh, yeah, I had my jeans on. I, I walked right into the uh, into the ocean there, and I was just I, I actually you know I'm sure people were watching me, but I really didn't care. I, and I was scrubbing sand into my jeans, and then uh, you know I took my jeans off and I laid them out to like dry out in the sun. Um, <laughs> they get a lot of sand in them, don't they? <laughs> You're knocking sand out for days. <laughs> sand was coming out, and oddly enough, like little bits of like seaweed and stuff were still in there. And yeah. so, I, I, later on uh, that evening, I remember going back to the hotel and taking a shower with the jeans on in order to like yes. scrub out all the crap that was in there. But uh, be, that's we do one thing to stuff. worry about, about the sea wash. Yeah. You, know, you do get a lot of crap built in. Yeah. <laughs> Just a, a random crab. <laughs> yeah. did, did you notice if your jeans looked any different after a sea wash? Uh, I, I don't think they did, no. Not on mine. I did The jean that I sea washed, I think, were like 30% hemp. Uh so I don't know if that has anything to do with it. I'm not I'm not as good on my fabrics. You know, I, I'm not yeah. an expert on them as such. Uh, but it, they were like 30 or 40% hemp. Uh, they maybe went a lot softer, but they didn't change in color. But the, the, so much, ooh, <laughs> beer o'clock here, oh. in the, here in the supply co. It's five o'clock. <laughs> yeah, so it, uh, yeah, I found that they went a lot softer, like butter. They are one of the most comfiest jeans I've got actually now. Hmm. Uh, 
for me, I did notice because I think I was grinding a lot of sand into the into the denim, so I think I was like, yeah. w- wearing away some of the indigo. I did yeah. feel like they lightened up quite a bit. Um, yeah, I mean, as you, they would if you grind something into the fabric. Yeah, uh, yeah. Was it a double indigo jean as well, or was it? Was it was the dirty fade selvage. Right. Okay. Yeah. So with an indigo with a a beige core yarn with a white weft. So. Yeah. Uh, anyways. I bet you, that were interesting. Yeah, I, I we documented it, so I know there's a blog post somewhere, but um, yeah, I think like a lot of myths or like you know put your jeans in the freezer. Like, there might be some or no validity to them, but. Mm. I think we all go through some of these things as we get into this gonna, hobby. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. They're just kind we of can't. fun to try. Yeah, they are. They are fun to try. I have tried that just to get rid of the smell right. once. Uh, I'm not sure if it worked, right. <laughs> if I'm honest. but <laughs> The freezer one is one I've never tried, and <laughs> I, I, I think I'm beyond the point of like like experimenting with these types of things. Nowadays, it's like, Throw my jeans in the washer, hot. Throw bleach yeah. in there too. I don't care. Like, let's yeah. see what happens. I'm just yeah. rolling the dice now. Let's just have fun with it. Right. I suppose so. People like me and you may take for granted because we've got access to so many jeans. So you know, but I suppose somebody that's buying into it for the first time, who's spending 150, 200 pounds, 250 pounds on the first pair, that's probably a lot. They have to. They think about this a lot more than what we might do because we kind of take for granted Absolutely. denim. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if so. you're buying a pair of jeans for the first time that might cost two or three or four times more than you've ever spent, yeah. I understand your hesitations with this stuff, and you want to make sure you're doing it right. Yeah. But you know what? That's what. That's why we're here. I think that's why we're doing exactly. this podcast. Exactly. And, uh, and and the beauty is, I mean, you know, not just our store, not just your store. You know, any proper denim shop, you give them a call and they're going to give you good advice. So if you're not sure, yeah. give them a call, send them an email. We're going to help you out. Yeah, We're yeah, happy. I agree. I agree. It's, uh, I think uh, here in the UK, because it's so rare what we do, uh, but there's obviously an interest in it. Otherwise, my Instagram wouldn't be 70,000 deep, if you know what I mean. So there's obviously interest in it. Uh, but I find that a lot of people are quite intimidated by all the information that's online and almost like too scared to bring it up in case they look silly or they look stupid you know and I, I i have to work really hard to make people i've even do the hashtag no egos on purpose you know just right. so people because my phone number's there to be rung right any day all day do you know i could talk all day about it but i think some people are very what it's like a, it's a different way of shopping it's yeah. a different approach to to retail. Uh, I think like in a lot of men's hobbies, maybe it's women's hobbies too, but I don't follow a lot of women's hobbies, so I don't know. But uh, there's sometimes like this gatekeeping mentality. And Mm. I feel like it certainly exists in our world, but there's a lot of nice people, uh, you know, who are, who are there to, you know, Mm. uh, uh, I guess break through that, you know? So it's, it's for such a manly concept, strong clothes, denim. It's a very manly concept. It is the least egotistical. Right. <laughs> you know, like like it's everybody wants to be friends. Everybody's nice. You know, I find, uh, especially over here, uh, we. It's really interesting because we, because I get a lot of people traveling to the store, uh, and they might travel for an hour, two hours, three hours, and they come and they might be spending the night in Sheffield. So you end up going out for a beer with them because it's the nice thing to do. They've traveled to see you. They've, they've spent a good amount of money in your shop, so I'll take you for a beer. You can't do that four times a week, no. <laughs> every week. So I set up a, just a WhatsApp group for the people in the UK that were coming to the shop uh, and said, look, we'll put an event on, a denim hangs. You know, we obviously pinch the name from the the LA guys uh, we'll put a denim hangs on and, and I'll, we'll all get together at the same time and that group that was I don't know, 16 people deep when I started it and we've just put like 
number 78 into it I think that's in awesome. six weeks and that's just people from UK and now they're all talking and meeting each other and they're all asking each other questions and you know you can follow the I mean it's too many notifications for me I have to turn them off and just check on it as and when I can but it's uh, it's amazing to see them all that's they're all amazing. making friends you know that's really fantastic community building is I think the heart of the raw denim you know yeah. world and uh you know, I, I think I made a comment the other day on Reddit, something about like, you know, we're raw denim is a niche of a niche hobby. You know, you could be in the <laughs> denim, but like we're in a raw denim and like there's so few of us out there. And it's like, you know, we got to stick together. And like, cause, you know, you're not going to meet the average person on the street or, 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 or even in your, your social circle. Maybe it depends on your social circle. But yeah, like, who can you talk to about like the, your fades? You know, and like why your jeans are so cool or like why you think your jeans are so cool. Yeah. Are like, <laughs> they don't think that deeply about their clothes. Uh, no, so. no. <laughs> Again, it's back to that uh, psychological, like it's, it's inbred in us <laughs> for some reason. Something's happened and, and this is how we express ourselves. But, you know, you know, it, for, <laughs> for the people that don't need that in their life. Yeah, you, you just you just sell expensive jeans. Right. <laughs> that's it. That's yeah. that's it. Well, which is interesting. Speaking of expensive jeans, um, the EU has imposed duties on American-made jeans. Like, yes. how has that affected you guys, or or maybe the scene in general and out there? It's uh, it, it it is it will it's killing it off. Unfortunately, it's. Uh, at the minute, the import charges are plus forty percent on whatever the invoice is. So if you've, let's keep it really simple, a breakdown. Uh, say if you're buying something for a hundred pound and you're selling it for two hundred, for example, right. you get the the hundred pound is what you pay the manufacturer. The it comes into the country and forty percent is added onto that. So you actually pay a hundred and forty. And then in the UK, they take 20% VAT when you've sold it. So that makes it 160. And then that doesn't include the carriage or the sign up to the mailing list and get you 10% or spend over 200 pounds and get free postage. So eventually when you actually break it down, it's almost like American stock can only really be used as loss leaders at the minute in the UK, which is, is it is really difficult. That's very rough. And that, yeah. and that, I remember when that hit because it was very all of a sudden. And, yeah. And uh, I think we were in Paris uh, at, at the shows there when it happened. And, you know, we certainly heard, you know, from our, our retail partners, you know, they, that was something they were very concerned about. And b being from Canada, that, that doesn't affect us. But a lot of people don't realize, you know, I think Canada is... is, is to America is like Australia to New Zealand. Some people don't realize that they're separate. So, <laughs> Completely. <laughs> so people are like, oh man, that's going to hurt your business. And we're like, no, we're, we're Canada, <laughs> not the same country. Um, so. <laughs> yeah, that's really good because you guys can ship, can't you, with no charges at the moment right. into the EU. So Canada and EU have a free trade agreement. So any Canadian made goods shipped to the Eurozone duty free that, that 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 doesn't exclude vat you still no you can't escape VAT. that's that, a british thing yeah that's a yeah it's, it's a whole europe thing it, it's like it's a it's sales tax right so yeah. if you buy something they want the government wants their 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 share fine yeah. duty is the made up part where it's like we're just gonna i'm sure there's some sort of mathematical whatever relations behind it but yeah uh, but i felt that the american like they impose sanctions on like really odd things like like American jeans. And it's yeah. like, well, yeah, there's a lot of American brands, but not all of the American brands make their jeans in America. So, yeah, does it does this sanction actually hurt? You know, it, it, it to me, it's kind of like it's this, the, you know, maybe one percent of jeans are made in America, like of, of, yeah. of American <clears throat> brands, maybe even less um, yeah. like. It was like this thing that they put up just to like be like, okay, well we're gonna we're gonna fight back against you know whatever our trade disagreements are, but it, it only really hurt like small producers. 
Yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's a shame, really. It is a shame. I, I'm still in the back of my head. I, I mean, I don't know much about politics. It's something that I avoid, but I still think that I think the UK and America might end up trading for free on things like that. It might take a couple of years, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's the way it goes. But like I said, I'm no expert, so. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's the whole Brexit thing, and so there's going to be a lot of trade like, agreements and that are going to uh, happen yeah, exactly. in, in the situation. And they haven't got a clue what they're, you know, like nobody knows what's happening with Brexit. I don't actually think the people in charge of the country yet know what's happening with Brexit. It's right. just the whole vote thing. I'd be surprised if 50% of the people voted knew what they were actually voting. <laughs> Well, <laughs> yes. I, I, oddly enough, everything that happens like politically is al- yeah. like almost always when I'm on a trip to Europe at some point. And I remember <laughs> we were getting on a plane here in Montreal, going to Paris. And as we were getting on the plane, that's when like the Brexit vote was happening. And yeah. like I remember looking at my phone, I'm like when we land, we're going to know what happens. Yeah. And then and I'm like, OK, well, we land. And I'm like, I get my my I turn on my phone the no- notifications like well they voted yes and i'm like whoa like I-, I wonder what's gonna happen now when we got to the trade show to set up all of the english brands there everybody was just like what are we going to do like <laughs> because uh, there were some currency things that happened also like immediately and they're like we all have our price list and none of these price lists are valid now and they're everybody's like rushing to change their prices and Anyways, it's true. It's absolutely true, and it's still like that now. It's still, it's very, still like that now. It's very, difficult. Very interesting time. I mean, you know, and the thing is, like, a lot of consumers don't understand how much, like, these trade agreements affect like real life things. You know, mm. um, like we in Canada with America and and Mexico, we have NAFTA, but that was renegotiated. I think it's called the USA uh, Mexico Canada Agreement now. And you yeah. know, a lot of it was preserved, and there were some things that that were changed. And I'm like, well, if you know, luckily it didn't. Even with the changes, it didn't affect us. So you know, we're still able to ship to America duty free. But had had that not you know been preserved, that certainly would have affected us big time. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a big, it's it's a big deal. It's uh, you know, let's see what happens. <laughs> right, let's keep our fingers crossed, and uh, hopefully, hopefully yeah. everything will work out in the end. I always think if you just keep your head down and work hard, you'll be right. all right. That's I, it. I think so, too. You can't control anything else. Right. It's best not to worry about stuff you have absolutely no control over. Yeah, so. exactly. All right. So, well, um, I was going to ask, uh, well, just segueing back into, like, you know, strict raw denim talk. Of course, um, of course. Like, you know, you, you came from, like, the vintage industry. Yes. Um, and then that took you to, you know, raw denim, Clopper.com, and everything you have going on for you right now. So yeah. you've seen presumably thousands and thousands of jeans over, over your career. What types of details, like, really get you going? What are the kinds of things that you love to see in a pair of jeans? When I was in the uh, – back when I was in the vintage world still, uh, I was <clears> – <throat> just interested in jeans that looked absolutely battered you know just worn to death like that's all it were it were that's all i wanted to see that's all i were bothered about uh so anything that had been worn or repaired you know like but not properly repaired you knew that somebody had repaired it themselves and then carried on wearing it and then repaired it themselves you know that's it, it were all about that then now obviously because i know a little bit more about the construction and how it's done. Uh, I'm, I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a bit of a selvage snob, so I think like every jean should be selvage now. <laughs> I know that's not right. <laughs> that's just like you know, like I just, I just don't, I don't think anything looks better than that, and it's such a simple little touch. Sure. Uh, but these days now, I find myself checking for felled seams and. You know all that, all that kind of thing. It's uh, you know just uh, when you turn them inside out and you can't see any overlocking. That's that's a really good, really nice thing to see. Right. I think. Uh, so yeah, I suppose I'm getting a little bit geeky as as I get a little bit older and a bit more into it. But 
I don't think a lot of them qualities are essential either to a good gene. It's just right. that's just that's just me being around it all the time, seeing everything all the time, you know, and starting to appreciate the tiniest of details, maybe yeah. a little bit more than what you normally would. Right. Uh, like I think you know, you we we there are details that we really really appreciate, and then I think some at some point like the deeper understanding of a pair of jeans, you get to mm. the point well, you know that details interesting because maybe i don't see it a lot mm. but it's not particularly essential right no like, it's definitely not <laughs> there are a, a, you know dozens and maybe even hundreds of different ways to construct a gene and yeah you know, more or less they're all gonna hold pretty right. much the same the same right? yeah it's true so I, I always find it odd that you know some people are very very particular over you know certain details and other details they they don't consider at all and i'm you know being in manufacturing also you know yeah it's like we, we try to include like a, a lot of the juicy bits and you know there's some things that aren't as essential as as others um you know what one thing for example is like hidden rivets and like a lot of people are like you know i want hidden rivets i need hidden, hidden rivets and 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 they're great as a as a for me they're great as a nerdy detail it's kind of fun to look yeah. and see then and you know i have something and you know only i know about it because like when is anybody else going to look at the inside of my jeans yeah. Um, yeah, but, exactly. But like the actual it's non-essential. Non super non-essential and actually the cost to put it on is so high that yeah. you know I think if people realize that you know what well, oh how much is it more how much more expensive is this almost well in every other way, the same gene going to be Yeah. And uh well yeah it actually adds a lot of cost and we uh like we make stuff in Japan uh for our made in Japan line, and yeah. for that line we go a hundred percent all out. No detail goes missing. We, everything we could yeah. possibly put into a gene, we put. And uh, it's funny because when we were, we, we, you know, we were, we were looking for the right manufacturer, and you know, sometimes they're giving us their their, their costing for for production, and they're mm. like, well, if you take this out and you take this out, we could actually save you like half. And we're talking like two really <laughs> tiny details, and I'm like. I'm like, wow, like these are really, really expensive details. And, yeah. you know, for the absolute connoisseur, very, very important to have. And that's why they're there. But, you know, the there's general... not that many connoisseurs. Though. That's the thing. Right. You know, 90 percent of the population just want a good, solid quality gene. So it's yeah, I understand what you're saying. Right. If it's 90 yeah. percent there, like personally, I'm happy if it's 100 percent there. I'm happy if it's at a really good price because at some point, like, I also don't want to go broke over, uh, you know, yeah. minuscule details, I guess. You yeah, know, especially yeah. Especially if they're of mostly course. all there. Um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And like we said before, you know, we have all these little details, but if we're actually honest and we haven't actually mentioned it yet in this conversation is the most important thing that people appreciate probably most about the jeans, although they might not mention it, is the fabric. Right. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? If, you, if you've got a killer fabric, the rest of the stuff, you know, the yeah. fabric's important. That's what's going to wear. That's what's going to fade. That's what's going to rub on your skin every day. That's what's going to rip or not rip, you know, the right. fabric. Like, so. again, m most construction out there, you know, it's going to hold that gene together. It's not going to fall apart, you know. And, and, and to be fair, you know, especially if people are using, like, the, the proper machines to construct a pair of jeans, a lot of those operations, you know, the machine is designed for a specific task, you know. Yeah. So they make that gene properly. Uh, yeah. So, you know, people can talk about, you know, this construction or that construction, you know, either way, you know, uh, you know, a felt seam versus not a felt seam. They're gonna they're both. They're, they're both, both gonna strong. hold up, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. I agree. Is it gonna be as clean? Maybe not. But it's also the inside of the gene, and anyway, we can get into debates about that. Yeah. But uh, the fabric is absolutely Essential. the most important part of the gene because that's, yeah. like you said, that's what's gonna wear. That's what's gonna reflect your wear and tear and yeah. the way that it shows off. So that is the gene, isn't it? That is the gene. You know, essentially. So yeah. So yeah, I suppose fabric's most important. I, I think so too. <laughs> After all that, well, we I went around the say, houses. <laughs> I was gonna say, like you know, for you, 
you know, considering all the details and all the fabrics that if, if you could pick and mm-hmm. put everything together, like what would your dream jean look like? Uh, it's, it's really funny because at the minute I am actually wearing uh, a jean called the Callum, which is actually our own jean uh, that we sell in store. Uh, so this fit was made for me. So I suppose I'm cheating a bit there because I've actually got the fit on. Uh, this is a 16 and a half ounce indigo uh, neon mempool denim. I'm really happy with them, but I'm not a, again, I'm not an expert on fabrics in terms of the details and all that sort of thing. I just know that at the minute, I'd really like some really good slubby right. <laughs> fabric. And my staff going about the king of slub all the time. Uh, Amanda, that's just sat here now, is uh, is uh, a fan, aren't you, Amanda? Yes, I am. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm glad. So. You know, well, I think slub right now is kind of like the biggest trend in yeah in raw it's, denim. It's it's different. It is so different. It's uh, the the guys on the UK WhatsApp group, the Denimangs group. All of they talk about slub all the time. Right That's what they, they had the unbrand brand slubby, you know. I don't know how many of them's being and bought that 16 ounce jean, but I've seen enough pictures of them to know that there's a few. You know, well, like I, I, I want to see them. I want to see. Yeah, them. <laughs> it's, uh, I'll have to forward some on to you. Right. Uh, yeah. So I think like, and I don't actually own a pair. Ugh, I'm telling a lie. Actually, there's a Japanese brand called Tanuki. Yep. Uh, I don't know if you know them or not. I have actually got a pair of their 18-ounce slubby high-rise tapered jeans, uh, and I do really, really, really love them. So I suppose I have got a pair. It'd just be nice to put that fabric on my fit. Right. <laughs> and then, then that's my perfect pair. There's, there's your next, that's your next design. There you go. Yeah, something like that. You know, <laughs> so we'll see. Interesting, like, just back to the king of slub. You know, yeah. we just got them in the warehouse, and uh, my warehouse guys, they're, they're they're picking them, they're packing them, you know, they're shipping them out to customers. And, uh, you know, they're not, they're not denim people, you know, like, you know, they, they're, they're warehouse guys, you know, they're, they're, they're yeah, yeah, work, you know, course. they're, you know, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they roll up their sleeves, they get their hands dirty. And, uh, one of them came up to me and he, with the jean and he's like, this is the most beautiful jean you guys have made. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. it is. And like, <laughs> I, it, it is unbelievable. And, uh, if you guys haven't seen on our Instagram, I posted a couple of, uh, uh, faded examples. Um, oh, really? Right. So what we did was um, we had, well, we, we have a, uh, with our partner in Korea, he actually sent them out to a wash house in Japan. And, uh, you know, this is a place that they, they actually pre-distress jeans for, for you know, a couple of living. Yeah, right, yeah. That's what they do. So yeah. they, they took a bunch of our jeans and they aged them for us, basically. So this is what they would look like if they'd been worn for 10 years or five years or this and that. So a lot of people... You know, when we when we release a new collection, they ask me like, "What are these gonna fade like?" Mm. And I mean, the unfortunate truth for most of it is like, I I, I don't know. I have I have an idea. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've I've dealt with so many fabrics in my life, like I have an idea what they're gonna look like, but yeah. I don't know exactly what they're gonna look like. So I think doing this, you know, it gives people like some inspiration right from the beginning. Like, here's what these jeans could look like, and uh, yeah, if you see these photos, you're gonna. You're gonna yeah. you're gonna be very impressed, I'm sure. Yeah, that's really good. Amanda will uh, check them out. The uh, the super slug fades. It's on the it's. Uh, posted some on Instagram recently. You'll have to get them up for me. She's gonna have a look now, so okay. she'll come back to us in a minute. <laughs> you know, there there are also I find like you know Amanda and you know there's there's Amy Leverton and there's uh, yeah. what's her name em- Emily over at uh, at uh, Nigel Caburn. But yes. Yeah. 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 I'm, you know, in the last couple of years, I've, you know, more and more women are getting into the whole raw denim experience. Yeah. How do you find that, like, you know, within your own shop? Uh, I find that they look amazing, by the way. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> had a great look. <laughs> uh, I, we do sell to women, uh, a small percentage. It's definitely mainly men. Uh, I, I find that women come in and buy because they are looking for a fit and quality. I don't think it's necessarily about the fading. Uh, I don't think it's about having the selvage rolled up at side of the legs. 
they come to here because they think that's a denim shop I can find a jean that will fit around my ass and then go nice and tight back on my stomach uh, and yeah so I don't think it would uh, the fact that it's raw denim I don't actually think bothers them I think what they want is a jean that fits really well and us being a denim specialist they think right that's where to go because I'm fed up of being on I Street and it not working. Right. Uh, so I think I could probably have pre-washed denims and everything like that in here. Uh, if that fits right, the woman will buy it because it's such a struggle for a woman. Because a bloke, I mean, I've seen it in store. A man, you can get six blokes in all a size 32 waist, all by the same jean, and it fits them all completely different. One wears it slouched down his ass. One wears it up round his chest. One wears it just where it needs to be. One likes it because he can roll it up to his knees. You know, and it's... Uh, but women, they like a silhouette. Right. And they like to look same all the time. That's what they're comfortable with. Do you know, that's how they uh, that's how they like their bodies looking. Yeah. So I find that I find that they come in more for the, the perfect fit and the more options than the fact that it's raw, for example. And, and they are willing to spend a bit more for that. If yes. they can find the right genes, so yeah, I mean, we're I guess as men, we're lucky that you know, uh, you know, a pair of jeans it, it could look sloppy, it could look tight, it could look you know perfect, and it mm. doesn't matter. Like, and that's no. kind of the yeah. But but for a woman, it, it you know, I I, I I suppose it does make much more uh, of a difference. Uh, you know, oddly enough, I also used to sell suits back in the day, and uh, okay, that's where it. Well, while I do feel like women's suits also need to fit them as well, um, men's suits, like a proper fitting men's suit, that's a real challenge for a lot of men. And uh, anyways, there's the whole story behind how to fit yeah, yeah. Suit there as well. But, but the beauty is we can wear jeans any way we want and get away with it. And uh, yeah. we're, uh, we're, we're luckier in that respect. Yeah, because we don't have to look as nice all the time. <laughs> we, can, we can look a bit scruffy and still get away with it, basically. It, yeah. it don't work like that for women quite as easily. No. Yeah, um, so. Well. Uh, well let's, we need to leave that before we get in trouble. Well, <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're going to get in trouble. I think it's just, you know, a reality of, you know, we're just yeah. talking. We're not saying it's good or it, yeah. We benefit and they don't. Yeah. And, that's yeah. a, and that's a shame. And we recognize that. So. We're not making Lovely. any, we're, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't even know. Anyway, I think we're good. <laughs> well, well, with that said, like, um, are there any things about raw denim that you, you don't like? Uh, the thing I don't like about raw denim is I don't like seeing it on I Street for 60 quid. I don't like that. I think it undermines all the efforts and hard work of people like yourself that, uh, that are constantly working on trying to create something that's special that people can, people can enjoy and accept into their lives and, 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 and take on a journey. Uh, and that takes effort and it takes time and it takes craftsmanship and it takes patience and it takes a fucking lot of hard work, as you will know. Uh, so then to walk into an high street shop and see a pair for 55 quid. Whether it's real salvage or not, I don't know. Do you know? But, yeah, I don't like that about raw denim. I don't understand how... I don't understand how the two things marry up, if you know what I mean. So that frustrates me. But I don't know if I'm just being very protective there, no, buddy, to be honest. I think kind of the spirit of raw denim... Maybe I'm just talking from, uh, you know, what my view of the community is, is that... Mm. It's, it's part of why we wear it is because it's this, you know, slow made, traditional made kind of, you know, made in America, made in Canada, made in Japan, you know, made, you know, not made in questionable ways, right? Yeah, it's authentic. Right. And, you know, you know, I've seen, you know, these, 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 these shops and they'll have fake selvage on their jeans and they'll have like this, you know, little ribbon that looks like selvage and they'll sew it into the like, you know, the three inches of the cup so that when you roll it up, Six it looks inch. like selvage. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. this is, it's really weird. I find like, why yeah. would you even do that? You know? Yeah. Um, and the other thing that always confuses me is like, 
you know, I'll, 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 I'll you know, I don't, I don't have TV, but sometimes, you know, uh, I'm in a hotel or whatever. I'm watching TV, and uh, yeah. I'll see a commercial for jeans. Like, oh, all the jeans this weekend, fourteen ninety nine, and you know, nineteen ninety nine, and I'm like, how do you get a finished garment, finished, delivered with shipping, yep. with duty, with everything, in the store with profit attached, at Fifteen or twenty dollars. If you- something's not right, right. So that that line is yes. not. It's not a straight one. Like <laughs> from start to finish, you know, something, something's not you know, fitting together. Uh, if you presented somebody with a, a meal and you said this meal is a dollar, yeah. right? And you, I'm sure you can get a meal for a dollar. Like let's let's not, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, of course. here's a steak, for example. You know, yeah. What's supposed to be a good steak? This one's a dollar, and this one is, you know, I guess whatever the market rate is supposed to be. Like, yeah. As a consumer, I would be questioning why that piece of meat is so cheap, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. For sure. But we don't sure. seem to do that on the same level when it comes to you know the garments that we that we buy and wear. Yeah, I think uh, I think a lot of it as well. Me, I was talking to somebody about this the other day, and I think a reason why people don't think about it in that sense is because the places where you can get jeans for fourteen ninety five or whatever they are, it's uh, what we create, what we make is a style. It comes from a an old school grounding. Whether it's your jeans, whether it's your Red Wing boots, you know, it's it's a style. Do you know the first jeans were made for miners? Right. The first the first proper boot, like what we see, were made for workers, and so it's style, not fashion. But the problem is, it's back to the eighty twenty. There's only twenty people in the twenty percent of the world that, that that are stylish, that are into style, something that never dies. Uh, so then, what happens is the other eighty percent they're into fashion. So they have to constantly reimburse their wardrobe four times a year because because they want to be fashionable. Right. And what hap- what happens is you can't afford to spend 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 pounds on your garments when you have to replace them four times a year. And I think that's what's, so it's sort of imploded. So now, you know, there's other people suffering just so you can do that to your wardrobe. When the truth is, if you've got style, you don't need fashion. Right. You, you look cooler than anybody else yeah. in the street. You know, like it's you know, uh, it's just having it's getting your head around that mentality. Your your classically styled, well made leather jacket is going to be good today. It's going to be good in forty years from now. You know. Exactly. And, and I think that's also why, I mean, you look at a, a a pair of vintage jeans, right? You know, I'm I'm you know maybe not like. 1800s wear, you know, one pocket with no belt loops and that type of stuff. But like, you know, when we, when we got the mod, like at least, you know, uh, the five pocket style, you could take any five pocket jean from any time in history and wear them today, and they look, yeah. they still look modern, you know. Exactly. Because yeah. that that style is timeless. Yeah, it's yeah. it's created its own entity, its own life, you know, and and and. And you can't interfere with that. But, yeah, unfortunately, not everybody thinks the same. And that's why we're here, educating again. You got it. Let's just, you know, the more transparent and the more open we can be about this. And, you know, of course, I don't expect everybody to convert over, but some people will. And, you know, we'll we'll continue to to spread good vibes and, uh, you know, be positive about the situation. Of course. Of course. So... um, I, I have uh, I always have my list of questions, but uh, yeah, of course. My, my last question on my list um, is mm. like, what do your friends think of raw denim? Are are you in a circle of friends who are are much like you? Uh, it's uh, it's really funny that you ask that question because, like everybody, I've got me friends that I've known. I mean, I'm thirty five. So I've got my friends that I grew up with from being five years old, you know, and uh, and they're me, 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 me friends that I don't even have to speak to for six months. And then when I see them, it's brilliant, you know, and then I've got friends that I met at college and friends that I met at work and stuff like that. Uh, so 
I'm going to say that my friends definitely do not understand. <laughs> one, uh, no, to be fair, one of them has finally bought a pair of Red Wings, and 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 I've got one friend that's uh, that's really buying into what we're doing, and he really appreciates all the hard work. Uh, he's got no children, so he's got a bit of expendable income now. He's getting older. And I have kitted him out with a good few pair of jeans and a good few jackets. But all the other friends just like to take the mickey out of him for looking like me. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's very it's not took very seriously in my uh, you know like I have I've met amazing people through denim, uh, and I've got some brilliant brilliant friends that I love to spend time with. But if we're going to narrow it down to the people I've known for the longest in my life, yeah. Yeah, we we rarely even mention denim. You know, okay. it's not a it's not a thing. We still, you know, it's still mum jokes and sure. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> so I, I like to ask this question because, you know, I, I like like I like I mentioned before. You know, we're we're, we're our hobby is a niche of a niche. So like, there's not a lot of yeah. us out there. So you know, if you're worried <laughs> that like you're the only weirdo in your group of friends that likes Rogers, like, don't worry about it. We're all, we're we are all that weirdo as well. And uh, you know, that's why yeah. we you know, <laughs> yeah, these groups to to get together and talk about. Yeah, our <laughs> <laughs> that's what we do. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, I'd say that's what my friends think to it. But I've also got some amazing friends that I have met. You know, in the more recent years, there are a little bit. Obviously, through doing vintage clothing, a lot of people I meet are into and interested in clothing. So there's a lot of people I've known 10, 12 years who, uh, you know, really appreciate what we're doing and what people like you do. And right. they're not necessarily all wear it, but they get it. Right. They understand it. You know. So, and that's really nice as well. Okay. Well, uh, I guess, I guess that's it for for this this episode. But, yeah, uh, sure. I want to tell everybody that uh, I will be on your podcast. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, for, so, so can we make it? I think next week. Um, I, I am going to be in New York for much of next week. We're going to be opening up our shop, and uh, I should be home by Friday. So we'll, we'll do this again uh, on Friday, and uh, you know I'm going to join you, and you, you'll get a chance to interview me, and yeah. we'll, we'll talk about denim some more. Um, and just one more time for uh, our listeners out there, let everybody know where they can find you. Where can they find your podcast? Uh, well, you can find our podcast. Uh, it's on SoundCloud. It's on iTunes. You just have to search Clobbercam or Clobbercast, as we've called it. Okay. <laughs> See what we did there. Right. Uh, and but it is also streamed via his website. So if you just went to www.clobbercam.com, there is also a stream. You know, if you scroll down a little bit and get past the whole retail parts, there is actually a stream of it just there. It'll be really interesting when we get you on because Glenn, who is my co-host, he's a very lovely, very uh, sociable guy, but he'd never been into raw denim. So he came into my shop. Uh, I've known him for 10 years. And he said, I've seen these Red Wing boots. I want to try some. And he bought a pair of Red Wings. And uh, he sort of kept coming back. And he kept, he didn't quite, he sort of bought into what we were doing, but didn't really know what he wanted from it, if you know what I mean. Uh, and we broke him in. His first ever Raws was your deep indigo stretch selvage. You know, the dark uh, 12 ounce. Right, great choice. He's, he's, uh, that has been one of the best-selling jeans for us because of people, it's like a brilliant, it's just got that little bit, of, they're just, it's just a bit easier for them to, to get their head round. Uh, and if you look at Glenn's profile, he has faded them out big time. He has put some, he has put some wear into his, like, they look amazing. So he's a bit of a fanboy, so it'll be really good when you're on podcast because he'll be, He'll begin you. Uh, he'll be drilling you a little Good. bit on uh, on all these things. So yeah, it should be really fun next week, mate. Really fun. Super fantastic. Well, I look forward to it. Uh, I'm gonna leave all the links to to your stuff in the uh, in the description below here, and uh, of course, you know, like, share, subscribe, all that all that good stuff. That's brilliant. Yeah. It's when when does this go on YouTube? Can I ask? Uh, this weekend. So, this weekend. Do you mind if I take this audio and put it out as a podcast before we speak and we fire the questions at you? No problem. I'm going to send you this audio right after I stop recording and uh, and you can do it. I'm going to Brilliant. put this up on YouTube because that's where you could pretty much only find me right now. I want to get the SoundCloud and iTunes stuff set up, but 
I have to figure it all out. And I'm. I'll uh, I'll loop you. I'll loop you in with Glenn. When you I, send me the audio, I'll forward it onto Glenn, but include you, and you can ask him how to do it, and he'll just he'll super. sort it out. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Well. Perfect. So much for everybody tuning in. We will speak to you guys again soon, and uh, have a have a have a nice day. Yeah, it's been yeah. a pleasure. All right, it's been a right. pleasure. Cool. All right, my All right. mate. You take care. Speak Thank to you, you soon. Right. Bye bye. Bye bye. Woo! <laughs>